Hey, are you on TikTok? Before we get into this week's episode, I wanna invite you to come and follow me on TikTok. I'm putting out content there every single day and you're gonna love it. So come follow me at Wes Hone. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Well, hey guys, and welcome back to the Kingdom Business Podcast. You know, on this episode, I wanna talk to you about how to stay motivated 100% of the time. Yes, it's an area that, you know, that a lot of people struggle with. It's a question that I get a lot at conferences and events and on email and in DM. And so I thought, why not? Let's address this globally and try and put some, I guess, spiritual training around it, but also some practical application so that you can be motivated 100% of the time. As a title, it's a little bit clickbaity because in terms of being motivated 100% of the time, you can, but you can't. You can, but I'll have to unpack how. You can't if it's just being left to chance. Truth is, stuff hits the fan, right? You're going to get those calls that really annoy you. You're going to get bad news in business, you're gonna make investments that don't go well, people that let you down, you're gonna get a market that tries to you know, make you lose, you're gonna have government making policy that will go against you, you're gonna have all those things, right? So this isn't about being so robotized that you puff yourself up enough that none of that stuff matters. Those things are gonna hurt financially or emotionally, you're gonna have a bad five minutes, you know, or, or, a, or, or a rough week, or, you know, for example, when the economy may go bad, you might have a rough 12 months, right? So, so this isn't like, this is like understanding that, that those things can, um, they can upset you, it's okay to get hung up on things, it's okay to, you know, to, to, to be down, and those, it, this is not about, it's about, wrapping a lifestyle around the highs and lows that allow you to be committed and focused and inspired to go to work and inspired to stick at this regardless of what happens, knowing that there's always good and there's always bad happening in your business, okay? So I don't wanna deny the fact that, you know, life happens and some things are really sucky and it's okay to have feelings and emotions around them. That's okay, that's inevitable when you're going to. It's about wrapping a framework around that that allows you to bring your best every single day. I wanna give you permission to have those feelings that are true, that might derail you or frustrate you or make you angry because they're legitimate feelings. But we need a bit more structure and a bit more framework if we're gonna choose to be motivated 100% of the time. You know, it's it's interesting actually because we often use the word feeling motivated. That in and of itself, I think, is a mistake because I think motivation is a choice, not a feeling. Just like, um, just like happiness or joy, joy is something you have to choose, not necessarily something that you're going to feel 24 hours a day, right? You know, especially in business where there's a lot of things that can go wrong, right? So, so. Feeling motivated, I think, is a mistake. Choosing motivation is a smart option. You can feel a whole lot of things and still choose motivation. All right, so, so I kind of want to wrap some, some explaining around that. 
Proverbs 13, 11 says this, Wealth gained hastily dwindles away, but whoever gains little by little will increase it. Why? Because in God's kingdom, he wants intentionally to slow things down often because he needs our character to catch up, right? So wealth gained hastily dwindles away. We see that with people that get, you know, they go from financially from no money to a lot of money, then their behavior and their character is not in line with the increase in finances. And then, you know, the behavior basically lets them down and they lose their money, grows wings and flies away. But whoever gains little by little will increase it. I say that to say that as we, um, you know, on the kingdom entrepreneur side of the kingdom of God, you know, we want to produce that wealth so that we can fund projects, fund our church, fund good causes, fund our assignment, those sort of things. But the journey is long. Little by little, you will increase it. Another version says, he who gathers little by little, it, the money will be blessed. So I'm saying like, you know, in terms of motivation, you've got to get your head around the fact that it's a really long game, right? One of the things that we can learn from the New Testament is God loves long suffering. And so, and so what you can't do is you can't have a motivational framework that just fake it till you make it and, and, and pump it up you know, and, and kind of will it because you won't be able to sustain that for long enough. It needs to be a different approach to the way that we um, walk out being motivated 100% of the time. Proverbs 25, 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. You know, self-control is, 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 you know, do you want the chocolate bar or not? Right, that's but but that's but it's obviously much broader than that. It's those feelings that we were referring to, right? So you know, if you if you've got broken down walls, then your your city is incredibly vulnerable to attack. So you know, in terms of our motivation, we need self control, meaning that you know when life comes at us, or worse, if we're driven by stimulus, right, then. We need to learn how to rule over it and have that self-control. We get to choose self-control over circumstance, right? And if you don't, then you're like a city with broken down walls. Self-control, meaning that we get to control ourselves based on what's taking place. So basically, if you notice what I'm doing here, I'm trying to take... Um, control back in these situations and hand it over to you and not let you get bought in the border in the lie that you know life happens to you right um it doesn't life happens for you not to you and so if you can just gather the fact that you get to control and have self-control over a situation then whatever you consume on a device for example won't pull you down a lot of people wake up maybe feeling great and after 32 posts on social media feel like the world's falling down and now they're not motivated and they want to crawl back into bed. I want to tell you that that's a victim mentality and that's not self-control. Self-control is either not looking at what's going on around the world or being able to see it for what it is and not letting it in to the walls of your city. All right, so we get to control this and we get to control our feelings, and ultimately we get to control our own level of motivation. Isaiah 61 says, and we're going somewhere here, Isaiah 61.3 says, put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of despair. So 
Although that's not necessarily linked to motivation, just think about it this way. If you've got a spirit of despair, you can just choose to put on a garment of praise, right? You can just choose to press into the nature of God, which will make the things of this world melt away. You can be facing, right? You can be facing a situation which is a spirit of despair, or you, a, a situation of despair, but you choose a garment of praise. It's the same with motivation. You can be facing something, but you can choose motivation. You can choose to be motivated. You can choose to rise above it, to look past it, to see it for what it is, and just consciously, through self-control, choose to put on motivation in any minute of any given day, right? You know, and because anything other than this is you being powerless to the world around you. And that ain't the truth. And that's why I say with motivation that you can be motivated 100% of the time because you get to choose how motivated you are. You get to choose whether you take, whether, whether, you, whether you see the game for the long game, take self-control of what's going on and just choose to put on motivation. It's an absolute game changer because then it doesn't matter what's happening in the world around you, you get to choose. You know, let me, let me put it to you this way, right? I, I want to run through basically four practical things that I do as a lifestyle, which helps me be motivated 100% of the time. Um, and, and let me say, these are, these are motivational tools that I have adopted as part of my walk. Let me just stop for a second and draw a distinction between motivation and inspiration. Motivation is internal, which is why I have control over it. Inspiration is external, right? So it's a really good idea to, you know, jump onto a social media platform of choice, or listen to the Kingdom Business podcast or whatever, go to your favorite people, watch a 15 second short or a, you know, one hour sermon, whatever it is and draw inspiration from what you read or watch. But actually, these things can't build motivation. They can build inspiration because they're external and there's a place for that. There's a place for watching something that's inspiring, but it's gotta be matched by an internal motivation, right? The, the most powerful thing is to just choose to be motivated 100% of the time and then look around you for inspiration or because the two together will be a catapult for you. But a lot of people these days are looking for external inspiration as a way to, um, to you know, kind of rile up inside of you internal motivation and it doesn't work. Motivation is you choosing it. Inspiration is just the cherry on top, okay? And, and I'm sure you've met those people who are just inherently motivated and their inspiration ought to be around and they're out doing great things. You've probably also met those people that are you know, inherently not motivated, right? And, and they're a victim and they've got you know, a, a hard luck story about everything and you know, <clears throat> often trying to pull you down possibly for, for having a real go. <clears throat> and we do actually have to limit uh, those voices um, and the amount of time we spend with those people because it won't actually help you out. But motivation, motivation is internal, and to me, there's no point in adding inspiration if you haven't got the motivational bit sorted out. If you haven't decided that you're motivated 100% of the time, then, uh, then the inspiration will just be fleeting. You'll watch a great video for three minutes, you'll jump back on social media, get some bad news about the economy, 
and you'll be out. Why? Because you haven't chosen yourself to be motivated. Oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Yeah! Guys, please subscribe. All right, here's a couple of things that I do as a lifestyle that help me stay motivated. The first thing I do is I set a big vision and I explore it. There's a lot of people with big vision. There are some people with no vision, which is why they, they have no motivation or inspiration. But when I say get a big vision, I don't necessarily mean a vision statement, although that's a great place to start. I mean a vision that you have spent so much time meditating on, so much time using your God-given imagination to kind of run stories about what it's going to be like, so, you know, so much time to kind of taste it, that it is so real for you right now in the present that you would trade nothing to achieve it, right? You just want that at any cost. When you can get a compelling vision that it will draw you through, the good times are easy, when it draws you through the mud, right? Where you can be facing a whole bunch of drama, but you're still insanely motivated on a daily basis because you know that, that you want that. You know, when I think about Jesus, he says, for the joy set before me, I endure the cross. He knew exactly what the cross meant and what it was going to mean for humanity and what it was going to mean for you and I. And that's what dragged him through, in, you know, in his case, not only the cross, but, you know, a whole lot of grief in his life wrapped around that time of the cross. So for you and I, when we have that compelling vision and we've tasted it and we've seen it, then you can't, it's, it's really hard not to be motivated, okay? So what do I mean by tasting it? Well, you guys know my vision. My vision is to raise up hundreds of thousands of kingdom entrepreneurs to see their business as their ministry, to trade and do business God's way so that ultimately we end up with, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of businesses that are salt and light in their communities that are profitable, that are funding projects, and then collectively, it's a big enough number that those people create a voice and that voice will help shape policy. And then we get top, we get bottom up change because we're out in the marketplace, you know, being salt and light. And then we get top down change because we're helping policy become more like the kingdom of God. And then we get to impact culture and impact lives. That's, that's my vision. But as a, as a statement, as a, you know, as a concept, it wouldn't be anywhere near as valuable. But I've spent thousands of hours running through in my mind, what's that going to look like? What are those stages going to be like? What's this stage of the journey going to look like? What happens when I get that first invitation, you know, and, and then, you know, like, and, and then you, get to, you get to explore it so much that you can almost put yourself in that situation today into the future because you know exactly, or you've, you've, it may not look like exactly how it's going to look like in your mind, but you've got such a tangible handles on the vision that you've seen it from all different angles, that you know the pitfalls, the good, the bad. You know some of the feelings that you're going to have along the journey when you start to get wins. You know what it's going to look like to you know, to, to whatever. It could be, could be get the praises from the people. It could be to write the big checks. It could be to be invited into world stages or organizations. What, whatever it is for your vision, you start to really meditate on it. And um, 
and, and the more crystal clear it becomes in your mind's eye and the more you've experienced it in your imagination, the more real it becomes. And, and then you've tasted it so much that you, you're kind of ruined for life because you can never go back. You know, I've told this story before, but maybe not for quite some time. When I first started on this journey, which was, you know, 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, when I was kind of formalizing the assignment that the Lord had for me, it came to me in a moment, but I had to spend a long time working out what it looked like. Six months of the year, the Lord would only let me sleep half of the night. <clears throat> and and th this will weird some of you guys out, and, and that's fine. It's, it's, it's my lived experience with my Lord. But if you're watching, then you might enjoy this story. <clears throat> um, he would only, this is for, for six months of the year. He would only let me sleep half the night. And for the other half of the night, I was in limbo land of my sleep. I was half awake and half asleep. And I'm sure you've had that where you're like, you're not sure, you're not really sure where you are. And it's quite frustrating to be in that place. But in the times that I was, you know, half asleep and half awake, and this could go on for hours and hours and hours, I would live this experience where I would hop up on stage, for example, and I would say one sentence. It didn't, I can't even recall now what those sentences were, but I would deliver one sentence and in this time of sleep, dream, awake, I would deliver that one sentence on repeat three or 4,000 times, three or 4,000 times. And, and at the same time, I was conscious of the fact that this was really frustrating, but it was just this, 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 this compelling thing that I was doing in my dream, delivering the same line thousands of times. And this would go on night after night after night after night for months and months and months. And then I would finally cry out to the Lord and say, I can't handle it anymore. I just need to get some good sleep. And then it would be released and I'd go and get some good sleep and then it would come back. And it's not something I've experienced for the last four or five years. So I don't know whether that season's done for me or whatever, but I still remember the moment, fast forward to however many years later, where I got up on stage and I said the line without knowing, without knowing, it was just part of a presentation I did. And then immediately in that second, realizing that I had already seen this second, this moment, this moment in time, and now I was living in it and it made things really real, really real. And so I, I say all of that to say that that level of detail around the vision, being able to see it ahead of time and use your imagination, that's what you, you, you can't get put off by what's going on in the world when you've already experienced this vision that you're going to get out, but it needs to be explored to that degree, right? So, you know, if, 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 if part of your vision is, you know, you're going to be called overseas to be part of something, then get overseas now, even if you're not living there. Get over there, walk the streets, be in the places, meet the people, smell the air, experience the life, eat the cuisine, because the more of those senses that you can wrap around the vision now, then the, the, the more crystal clear that vision gets and the more your God-given imagination can go before you. And then it just pulls you through all of this stuff and ultimately you get where you need to go. You know, there, there might be somebody watching this right now that says this sounds new age. No, your imagination is God-given. He put an imagination inside of you for a reason so that he could, I mean, one of the reasons is so we can show you a compelling future and draw you through. 
Think about David just before he goes to battle. You know, his brothers start giving him some grief uh, and he overhears um, what will be done for the person that kills Goliath. And he overhears, you know, you'll, you'll pay no taxes for you and your family and you'll get a pretty girl. And then he actually says, can you repeat it to me again? Because in his mind, he's starting to picture what's life. Like that's his God-given imagination to start picturing life. No taxes for me and my family and a pretty girl and, you know, and so forth, right? It's in there by design that you start to use this imagination, this God-given imagination, and use it to start to pull your future forward so that, so that you can be in the game long enough because it's a long journey and you need all the tools to be able to last the distance. Number one, uh, get a big vision and explore it. The second thing is set new targets. So one of the things in terms of staying motivated all the time, and this is a bit of a macro strategy, but if you set a target, um, you know, a, a, a wealth target, a business target, an influence target, maybe a headcount target, a number of stores target, like think business, business-wise, if you've got a bit of a target, the mistake I made and a lot of people make is that when they hit the target, they've got no target anymore. I would suggest to you that if you set a target in business, before you get there, reset a new target, right? And I didn't do that. If you think about, if you've ever done mountaineering, climbing, um, those sort of things, you know, like you see what you think's the summit, you climb to it, and then you realize there's another bit that's higher, and then you climb to it, and thinking, oh, there's, and then you get another bit that's higher. It's a bit like that along the journey. But um, I remember setting some targets. They were um, monetary um, when I first started. And you know, they were around assets and equity and, and, and net worth and, and things like that. And I was so, I set them in concrete. They were like what I really was driven by on a daily basis which is fine, right? Um, it's just that when I hit them, I was lost for a long time. For a long time, I was lost. I, I uh, you know, I, I, I now had money and no vision, which is a great way to start spending money on dumb stuff, right? Because um, you've got nothing to, you know, compel you to, to keep going. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't bring my A game every day because I was like, well, I've got, got no reason to, right? Um, and, and what's compounded and makes that worse is that when it's a financial target, you can now rest on your laurels, right? Which is what I found myself doing. I wasn't sharp. I wasn't learning anymore. Why? Because I'd learned everything I needed to do to get to the targets that I had set. And it wasn't, it, it would have been, it would have probably been two to two and a half years of me just kind of half proud that I had hit my targets and half frustrated that I felt like I was washed up. Two and a half years before I realized, hang on a minute, like I've just got to, I just got to go again, right? And, and, and reset a target. But this time I can never hit my target. As I get close, I've got to move it out again. And as I get close, I got to move it out again. And as I get close, I got to move it out again. And I'll just choose to be happy with my progress every single day. Um, but I'll never let myself kind of plateau out um, and, and, and find myself with no vision. So, and so what I would say to you is please don't do what I did and waste a few years, you know, kind of aimlessly, you know, just, I mean, I was still banking money every month. I was still out making money. That bit wasn't the issue. I just didn't have a purpose for it. I just didn't know what it was all for. And so I wasn't 100% on my game.
So before you ever reach the targets you set, take some time out, go away for a weekend, do a retreat, take a day, and reset and recalibrate your targets so that you've never got time to go plateau and play small like I did. The third thing I would say to you if you wanna stay motivated all the time is you've gotta work out how to decompress. You've gotta have fun along this journey, right? And everybody is different in, in how they have fun. <clears throat> um, you know, uh, like f for example, I know people that every year they wanna take two weeks and sit in a sunny place by the side of a pool and read, right? And I'm like, excellent, if that's how you decompress. I couldn't think of anything worse. I reckon I'd have until about two o'clock on day one before I sent everybody up the wall, right? I would be, I'd be picking fights with everybody. It would just be terrible, right? I'd be arguing, I'd be just, anyway. So it just, it wouldn't be great. Um, the, the other thing that would concerns me about those people that do two weeks is they can't do it often enough. So if, you know, if that's the kind of holiday you go for, then you probably only get to do, you only get to decompress once a year. And that's, that's going to be a problem, I think, over time. So for me, I mean, I still love to take time out of the business and be with my family and be with my kids. But for me, and I'm not suggesting this is you, but I'm saying find your way, <clears throat> I prefer little and often. Right, so we've just had a long weekend here uh, in, in Australia. And I went away with six or seven families from church, went down to this little, um, you know, camping spot. Um, and, uh, and we just spent four days together. And it was awesome. Didn't think about work, didn't think about the assignment, didn't think about the podcast, didn't think about the team. Just had a really good time chatting, shooting the breeze, talking into the middle of the night, having a good time. So that's one of the ways that I decompress. Now, whether it's with them or whether the family and I just go away for a long weekend, but we try and do something like that every 90 days. Because for me, I, I, like, to, I like to decompress a bit more regularly for a shorter period of time to give me the sprint to go again. So it's, it's every 90 days, I like to get a long weekend or something away or a trip or something with the family, pull the kids out of school and go and get some complete downtime. The other thing that for me to decompress is quiet time. So most of you guys know Wednesday is my pray day and I don't come into the office on a Wednesday morning. I, I stay home and I pray, I read my Bible, take communion and hang out with the Lord, right? I do that every Wednesday, right? And, 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 then, and then it's fun. Like you've got you to find out what's fun for you. Fun for me is skiing. I absolutely love skiing. And when I'm skiing, I'm not thinking about anything else. And the reason why I'm not thinking about anything else is I'm trying to stay alive because I'm not a very good skier, but I absolutely love it. I love alpine. I love being cold. I love going home to a hot sauna. I love the chats. I love the, the feeling of being tired at the end of the day. I absolutely love going skiing, right? So, but you need to find those moments to decompress. If you don't do that, you can't run under the pump forever. I just promise you that. I know people think they can, and I thought you could when I was younger too, but I was young and inexperienced. You can't run under the pump forever. You've got to find your ways to decompress. Quiet time with the Lord, having a giggle with your friends or your family or whatever it is, getting you know into some spaces where you're not constantly consumed by work. For me, I don't need many of them, and they don't need to be a long amount of time, but they allow me to recalibrate and then I get really creative and focused again on the new one. So if you want to be motivated 100% of the time, find a way to get holidays, you know, spend time with people you love, right? get quiet with the Lord, and, and just find out what's fun for you and go and do it. The fourth thing I would say to you, if you want to stay motivated all the time, is you've got to get into environments that edify you. Get into environments that edify you. 
I, I guess I effectively mean get around good people. Get around good people, people that get your call to business, validate the call to business, you know, understand that you're in a transactional world and you can't be irrelevant for five minutes and that, you know, it's, it's a risk. Um, you know, you're always deploying risk in business. Get in environments with others and other people that get you in that world. And it will really help you, like iron sharpens iron, want to stay motivated to the game. One of the tragedies that, that I get to kind of see all the time is these Christians in business, these kingdom entrepreneurs who have no support group. The church don't get them, possibly don't even validate them. There's no real business people at the church for them to hang around and they feel massively isolated and lonely, right? Um, get in environments. And if that means travel, then travel, right? It will be so valuable for you to get around environments of people that are there to edify you and to help you win and want to see you succeed. Because, it, you know, I guess it's another way to decompress, but actually you get to learn skills and share stories and burden share and process, you know, some of the problems of the journey with people that get what you're talking about. You know, it, you know it's, it's ultimately the reason why I built Business Greenhouse and the Kingdom Business Summits. When I first got saved in 2004, I went straight to Google to search, okay, you know, Christian networking groups, nothing, Christian mentors, nothing, like, like nothing, like the Christian business, nothing. I was like, oh man, and that's when the Lord started to speak to me about setting up a training academy for Christian entrepreneurs. So that's why every single year, you know, um, we gather together hundreds and hundreds of people for two and a half days and have dinner and bring in speakers and, and get in that environment. And then we have our closed group of clients that we put together every 90 days in a small group and we train them and we have fun and we do, we do a social activity and we have dinner together and, and, and we just learn and we build each other up, right? And, and, and of course, if you want to find out more about what we're doing, then go to businessgreenhouse.com.au forward slash masterclass. But you don't have to necessarily turn up to mine. You can build your own, right? You, you know, and even if they're not at your church, then... Then, then, then find three, four, five, 10, 15, 20 people that you think would be good to get around. And once a year, once a month, depending on how logistically it looks for you, organize a get together. We'll fly into one place, have dinner, build each other up, tell testimonies, talk through your challenges, get home again and do that on a semi-formal basis. It, it, it's, it resets and affirms where you're going so that, um, so that on the journey, you get that spring back in your step and you can go to those meetings um, feeling all of the drama that you've got going on in your life and you will leave having put on motivation, ready to tackle the next 90 days, one month, three months, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're, that you're doing. But it will, it will allow you to stop, kind of push the crazy of the business world back and allow you to consciously choose to put on motivation, ready for the next period of time. <clears throat> but that's only gonna happen if it's people that get you and like you and edify you and want you to win. It's not gonna happen if it's people trying to pull you down, second guess you and those sort of things, right? So you gotta find those environments and get around the people that edify you. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're not in Australia, UK, US, Belarus, one of the 178 options that it could be. Um, 
and you think that you would like to pull together a group and you would like me to talk to that group, whether by Zoom or in person, um, send me a DM on social media. In fact, we'll just put a few handles up as a lower third here. Uh, find me and send me a DM and we'll work out what we can do for you around this world because I'm doing Zooms all the time for different people. And if you're pulling together a group, I could probably do something for you guys as well. All right, so this is, these are the tools that I've used to, to stay motivated all of the time. One is I've got this ridiculously, insanely clear vision that I've spent hundreds of hours contemplating and thinking about and running stories in my mind and pictures and ideas, and it drags me through. The second thing is I now set new targets, right? As soon as I'm gonna to start to hit a target before it, I'm setting a new one so that I never ever arrive. I take those regular times, like the way that I decompress is I grab my yearly planner. I do a physical yearly planner. We obviously have digital diaries, but I have a physical one. And, um, and on New Year's Day, I sit down with my family first and I block out all of my long weekends and my family holidays before I ever start filling it up with business stuff. That's what I do so that I can make sure that we get long weekends with Kimberly and time away with the kids. And that's all locked in the diary for the year. That's how I do it, right? So make sure you get those times to decompress. And lastly, get into an environment of people that edify you and champion your core to business, whether that's in our world or somebody else's world. You, you need to organize that. It'll pay massive dividends. It might be an investment. Like I said, we have to travel and fly and pay. It's a tiny investment to what it's gonna mean for you to be motivated and sharp and on your game every day for the rest of your life, right? That's gonna mean possibly hundreds of millions of dollars and 20 times the influence that you would have if you were just motivated and not motivated. What I want you to do though is I want you to go back through those and go, okay, well, what's the one thing you need to first prioritize out of this? Is it to spend a lot more time working out your vision? Is it to um, reset some targets because you've kind of hit some and you're um, wallowing around? Is it to book in some time to decompress with holidays and, and quiet time and fun? Or is it that you need to create your own environment or get in an environment of people that champion you and edify you and move you forward? I went one, two, three, four. What's the number one thing, the next thing that you need to be <coughs> focused on in your motivational journey? Put it in the comments below. I want to hear from you. As you could probably tell, I don't feel the best today. My voice is a bit scratchy. Um, I sound like I'm something. And here's the thing. It's not about, it's not about whether I'm feeling it. I didn't choose this journey because I feel it. I chose this journey because the Lord asked for it and I want to do it. And so that means regardless of having a, a funny throat and sounding a little bit off, I'm motivated. I'm motivated to be here. I'm motivated to be with the team. I'm motivated to get in the studio and record this for you. And I'm motivated for you to win, regardless of if I feel like it. Well guys, that's it. That's enough from me. I absolutely love these episodes. I love hanging out with you. I love you, believe it or not. And I look forward to meeting you at some point soon. I'll see you next week for another episode.